People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. You're listening to Fine Music Radio, and this is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. Now, the play Lungs opens at the Theatre on the Bay on the 7th of February, and it's being directed by Bianca Amatu, who is my guest today in the studio. And let me just tell you a few things about Bianca before we go into more detail. Um, Bianca was a member of the original cast of the long-running South African soap opera, Issy Dingo, portraying Philippa de Villiers. And she also was in the United States as a permanent resident as an alien of extraordinary ability. She starred in Sex and the City and also something which was very special to her, Tom Stoppard's Tony Award-winning trio of plays, The Coast of Utopia. But here she is now and has read, in fact, this is another string to her bow, over a 100 audiobooks. Um, Bianca, welcome. Welcome. It's good to have you here. It's good to be here. Thank you. What a career you've had. My goodness. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tempted to ask you at this point, what's your favorite part? Do you like stage acting, cinema, television, directing? You've done it all. Which is there a favorite or do you just enjoy theater? Um, well, yeah, my home is my home and my passion is definitely the theater. And uh, um, my the majority of my career has been spent in um, the theater with smatterings of uh, TV and film to keep you know, bread on the table. Yes. <laughs> I like what you say smattering because you were in Isigdingo for a long time. Yeah. 1998 to 2001. Yeah, and I've done quite a lot of, I did quite a lot of shows in the US, um, uh, The Good Wife, Elementary, uh, you know, the whole uh, Big C, some some recurring stuff. Um, and then when I came back to South Africa, I've also done quite a lot of Benalunders and The River and so on. I love it. I appreciate it. I like the work. But my heart is in the theatre and always will be, and it's just it's just where I where I feel absolutely and utterly at home. Why did you say to me before we came into the studio that the coast of Utopia is something very special to you? You know, I mean, I did many stage productions in in New York and uh, regionally around America, but this particular one was it was nearly a year of my life. It was an extraordinary, extraordinary company. It was a, a Broadway piece, the Lincoln Center, with Tom Stoppard himself in the room for wow. that year. For, for the, we, we rehearsed for three months because it was three three-hour plays that we did in, in, in rep and then in marathons. The budget was beyond, it was eye-watering. It was a cast of 30-something. Um, it was, an, it was uh, obviously a, a very celebrated piece, but it was for me... An experience of what theatre can be at its absolute pinnacle in terms of collaboration, in terms of creativity, in terms of freedom to to create, uh, support. Uh, the director, Jack O'Brien, for me was one of the most, uh, he was the most alive and electric and charismatic directors I've ever worked with. Um, and I worked with him again in, uh, in, in the Scottish play, um, which was also, you know, an extremely... Um, intense and beautiful experience but this particular I remember him saying and Tom was in the room at the time he said to the entire cast you will never likely experience anything like this again do not expect anything else to come close and really? he, you know he was right it was it was one of those life-changing experiences for me um was it the, was it everything about it, or was it the story? Uh, everything about it, but yes, it was an, it was an extraordinary story of philosophy and revolution and history and personal family trajectories, um, and of course, it's Stoppard who is, uh, for me, the greatest living playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, and what an experience to meet him, and presumably to work with him. Yeah, he was. You know, for me, one of the most one of the things I still take away from a rehearsal was he was speaking to the actors in general, I think maybe to one in particular, but it was it was a note session. And he said, I made the car. I know how to make the car. The car works. Your car is running. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Mm-hmm. All I need for you to do is put two fingers on the wheel. 
and I was I just I was so in love with that because it was like do not push do not overexert trust the play trust the work and you are of course driving the car but you're not you're not pushing mm. it was beautiful and it was a very very apt note at the time um and uh, I'll never forget it because it's something that uh, that I certainly look out for in 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 my work now. Mm-hmm. But you said there were three plays, and that each one was three hours. Mm. And you said you did a marathon. Mm, Surely you didn't do all yeah. three together on one day. We did. We wow. did. We would start off at the first. I think the first show, which was Voyage, was at eleven. Then the second one was at three, which was uh, right Voyage. Oh, the one, uh, there's three. I forget now the, the middle one's name. Maybe it'll come back to me. The third one was Salvage. Um, and they were all, they would have at 11 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 7 o'clock. And the audience would come for all three and then wow. have breaks in between. <laughs> it, was a, it was a marathon. Mm-hmm. It was an extraordinary experience. A bit like um, Wagner's Ring Cycle. I have oh, to say. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly that. It, it sounds as though it was. Uh, when was this, by the way, that you did 2007, this? 2007, 2006 okay. and seven. Yeah. Gosh, and it made, because still I can see how affected you are by it mm. and um, how it continues to affect your life, mm. presumably, as you hinted earlier, as a director. Yes, um, he, that, that director, Jack O'Brien, is, is somebody whom I, um, he is for me a role model. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it, I think that, you know, as a young actor I was so sort of consumed with being an actor and uh, that part of telling the story that particular contribution but as I got older I started to I started to feel the urge to wear a different hat as well mm-hmm. you know and, and to go to directing yes and certainly in the last few years that I was in New York uh, and I was doing you know quite a few shows a year as an actor um, I was starting to think think in a different way and and find that way find that way of thinking more interesting it's not to say that i'm i'm saying goodbye to acting never ever ever it's my it's my absolute passion but i'm really loving being able to be responsible for the whole of the story mm-hmm. you know and Gosh. and and also in- encouraging others to find it it's be, it's a it's a really exciting place to be for me i wonder if it's daunting for a director to have the writer in the room and working at the same time, like the case with uh, Tom Stoppard and the chap who directed The Coast of Utopia. Did he not mind him being there and suggesting this mm-hmm. or giving notes? They were they were very 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 close collaborators. Oh, okay. That okay. they found each other. Uh-huh. You know, it was a it was definitely a, a kindred uh-huh. spirit situation. And you know, he was. I think it was an experiment of how Tom Stoppard would contribute to the process and mm-hmm. um, it worked beautifully it was it never felt at all well we're going to be talking about you as a director shortly with this play lungs that opens at the theater on the bay on the 7th of feb but first of all let's have your first piece of music which is nick of time tell me but why you've chosen this um it's actually uh my husband and my song um <laughs> okay why not i say um it's, it's it has three verses the first is a verse that is about a woman who's longing to have a child and uh uh the second is a, about watching your parents age and the third is about finding love in the nick of time late and all of these things have been pretty pertinent for me um and I did did meet my my love quite late, and I was longing for a child, and we did ha- have a child. And in fact, it was going to be our wedding song, but we were having so much fun that we forgot to play it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, happen, yeah. it was. It, but it, it's such a, it, and it's such a, it's 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 a, it's. I love the beat and the the, the bass line of it. It just feels so gently accepting of life in all of its wonder.
song by Bonnie Raitt called Nick of Time. It was the first choice of my guest on this week's edition of People of Note, Bianca Amato, who is directing the play Lungs at the Theatre on the Bay. It opens on the 7th of February. And you were talking about longing to have a baby, but I see there's a baby involved in the story of this play. Mm -hmm. Just tell me a little bit about what Lungs is all about. Whet our appetites and make us go and buy tickets. Okay. (laughs) it's it's a really really stunning piece um the premise is quite simple it's it's a couple a young urban couple who are quite sensitive and live quite self-examined lives sometimes to their own detriment <laughs> who um are trying to decide whether or not to have a child in our world as it stands now with climate change and chaos and all that all that uh, uh, we're going through as a as a world um, so it starts quite sort of macro but then it really really what it ends up being is about their relationship and our relationships to each other in what is a very uncertain time and it is a conversation that spans years and it's very beautifully uh, written in a fluid kind of um, you know, it, it it moves time and space without any kind of uh, uh, transition. And uh, it's very playful and funny and heart-rending and poignant. And it makes you think. And uh, I personally have fallen in love with both characters. Um, Sanda Shandu and uh, Jazara Jaslin are... We're in rehearsal now, and it's extraordinary what they're doing with these two people. Is it just a two-hander? It's a two-hander, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's incredibly demanding for the actors. They are it's just them, and and uh, uh, it and it moves like lightning. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Beautiful. I want to ask you something. Um, these days, you've got to be careful what you say. But I remember when I was talking about um, Issy Dingo, they say that the character's relationship with Derek and Yati featured the first interracial kiss, uh, an interracial romance. Now, you've got a black and white person mm. uh, as your cast members here. Was the reason for that? Or does it just work better? Or is it um, sort of topical? It, it is. It is an interesting addition to the story. Ah, okay. It's the two. The, it's the two actors I wanted to cast because they were the best actors for the roles. <laughs> good, they were good. both absolutely. It was. The, it was. It was clear to me that that was. You know, in terms of their chemistry and their relationship and their what they brought to the table. Um, but it is an added element which I find very interesting, and especially, especially in this country. Especially in this country, and mm. I also think it's important in this country because that's you know. Who we are exactly. Um, so, so both. It was a conscious choice, but it was also the natural choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it would, uh, um, yeah. both. Uh, it's interesting. Well, obviously, you chose them as the director. Did, mm. you, did you have to turn away a number of other hopefuls? I did. It's always very hard. Is it? Yeah. Oh, shame, man. Yeah. No, we had auditions, and 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 it was, there was many wonderful people who brought beautiful things and it must be both scary and sad and exciting to watch auditions because um, as you say it can be sad because you were to say no to people and then are you immediately aware that there's this is the couple is does that come across quite quickly they come on stage and you think this is it these are my people yes to some I think Although you did say you did want these two actors, didn't you? I did, I I was curious about them both, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know when we did the first round, it was very clear to me that uh, uh, they were both um, really bringing something fascinating and interesting. And when they came together for the callbacks, their chemistry was very clear. Really, to me. so it was it was, it <laughs> was gratifying. It? Duncan McMillan, he's. Um, a marvelous playwright. He wrote People, Places, and Things. He wrote uh, Every Brilliant Thing. Um, this play, Lungs, was done on the West End just before COVID with Claire Foy and Matt Smith, the two oh, people who did The Crown. That's right. And uh, Claire Foy was the queen in the first exactly, series. Exactly, yes. exactly. And so they did it. They did it live, and then during COVID, they did a streaming version of it too. Um, and so, yeah, it had it, it had a sort of resurgence. It was written in 2011, and it actually was very, very, very before its time because mm. it's grown into uh, yes. its time in terms of the the um, the world that we're in at the, the world moment. that we're in, and, and mm. climate change, and how it has become more, even more prevalent. And if you are thinking about it, I mean, if you, <laughs> I don't mean to scare anybody, but really, if you are taking note, it's very, very, very in your face right now. Yes. So and. Uh, you know, the the play itself doesn't doesn't by any stretch of the imagination lecture or or f- or fear monger or anything like that. It's just that it is a part of our existence at this point. Very much so, yeah. and it is scary. And you do wonder about bringing babies into the world, don't you? Uh, awful things are happening. Is this couple? They, they also, sorry to interrupt you, but they also babies themselves cause a lot of CO two. You know the. the, mm. the <laughs> <laughs> Bringing a baby into the world is supposedly an environmentally unconscious choice. Yeah, oh I've <laughs> never heard the that debate. before. And oh, that yeah. becomes part of the debate in the, in the play. Okay. Yeah. And these two, the the characters, are they very? Are they aware characters? They they bright people. They know what's going they're on around smart, them. They're smart. They're bright. They're educated. They're privileged. They're aware of their privilege. They're a bit guilty about their privilege. They have a sense of responsibility, and you know, the, luckily they also have a sense of humour. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be excruciating. Do you mean the characters or yeah, the actors? The characters. The characters have oh, a sense okay. of humour. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It sounds, I have to say, with your laughing and all that, as though you're thoroughly enjoying the production process, working on it as we speak. I feel like uh, I've got my bum in the butter. Really? Totally. No, because it's a great script, great actors. I really feel quite. I feel like you know. There's a, sometimes there's a piece, a play you read, and you're like, I, I get it. I hear it. Mm. I feel it. Mm. I connect to it in a way that is almost visceral. Like yes. I'm like, oh no, I I I would like to uh, birth this <laughs> to, with others, but I I would like in to be a, a sense part of you're that. doing that as yeah. director. Yeah, my goodness, I feel like a bit like a midwife. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Bianca, your next piece of music, a solo piano version of One Evening by Feist. What is this all about? So, it was a period when I was very, very happy, happy in New York doing a lot of uh, very satisfying work. And Feist, I love Feist. I love a lot of her work, but this is a, this particular piece is a is a, is a piano version for, by Jose Gonzalez, who, um, and it's a very emotionally very different to the original. And I had recently lost my father, and I was it was very poignant for me, and um, I would just sit and listen to that piece, and it, it would allow me to emote, <laughs> it would allow me to grieve, okay. you know, okay. and. Uh, it, what I also love about it, it's beautiful, and also I can hear. I don't know, you might not be able to hear it, but in the in the recording, you can hear the piano keys. You can hear him hitting the keys, and you can hear. And there's a marvelous build, and and it just it's it just felt like it was. Although I was grieving, it was also a heartening piece, you know. So it was it was after having had the feist of the, the the feist of the happiness of New York and then the feist of loss. Of loss for and me. grief, yeah. yeah. One Evening by Feist, a solo piano version with Jose Gonzalez, and another choice, the second choice, in fact, of my guest on this week's edition of People of Note. I'm talking to Bianca Amato, who's directing the play Lungs, which opens at the Theatre on the Bay on the 7th of February, which we've discussed. And we'll come back to that, because you certainly, you'd, I remember I said, make us want to go and buy tickets, so mm. you certainly whet my appetite apart from anything else. But... Um, you you spoke, I think, quite highly of New York and the work you did there. I mean, working in something like Sex and the City, the HBO series, which is known so well out here. What was it like being in that world? Hmm. <laughs> is that uh, answerable? Uh, well, I must say, my first experience that that Sex and the City, which was a, which was a fairly small role, was the first job I got in in America. Mm -hmm. I was I'd been there for three months, and I and I and I was terrified like I was so tense <laughs> <laughs> well I don't blame you because you know what yeah. you're up against and then later you know then I then I basically did did most of the um, the New York based TV series uh, uh, going forward um, you know bits and pieces here and there so I got to I got to sort of really be a little bit more comfortable in that world mm. um, and it's you know it's a wonderful 
There's a wonderful respect for, for, for the medium, um, both in the theatre and in TV and film. And, um, you know, what, with a setup and with the, the unions very, being very active and with the, uh, the budgets being as they are, there is a real feeling of respect and value for the work, mm-hmm. which, is, which is something that, that, you know, one always hopes for. Yeah. But also, how, what a, it must be tremendously professional because those things are churned out week after week after mm. week. And when I say churned out, I do not mean that negatively, mm. but there must be a high standard of professionalism yeah. demanded from the actors as well as the, the crew. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a high level of competition. Oh, I, yes, Really, sure. it's like... You know, uh, uh, the number of auditions that I, I went to that, you know, were, I mean, it's, it's really, really, <laughs> really high competition. It's <laughs> tough. And, and uh, uh, when, you, when you book something, you need to, sh- you need to bring it. You mm-hmm. know? So it can, be, it can be quite daunting. And I never felt that I particularly kind of landed career-wise in terms of television there. I, 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 was, I felt like I was on, on a path but I didn't feel completely at home. I felt much more at home in the theatre world there, and I had much more of a community. I think I, I was on my, on my way too, and then, of course, we, we decided to come back to South Africa, which is a, which is a good decision and the right decision, but it did, I did sort of cut it off at a certain point. And I did feel like, oh, it was, it was bubbling along quite mm. nicely, mm. and uh, that would have been interesting what it might have led to. But... Uh, you know, in hindsight, of course, being back here in South Africa with my family, raising a daughter, you know, COVID, etc., it, it feels so incredibly right for me to be oh, here. Really? Well, why just go back a bit? Why did you go to the States in the first place? I was hungry, 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 hungry. I was feeling so restricted by the limitations of of the industry here mm-hmm. um, and I just and I also wanted to find myself I mean it was a very personal thing had you already started acting here in South Africa yes it was after Isidingo so oh. I was able I got this this uh, opportunity to go and I just went lock stock and barrel and then you know the first couple of years while I was there it was, it was pretty challenging but then I found my way and I found my way back because because Isidingo had taken me on a little bit of a detour as a I mean a, a welcome one and a lovely one but I, you know, I, I, I had felt a little lost, and then, and when I found myself back in the theatre, back in a rehearsal room, doing classical work, doing Shakespeare, doing things that that really mean a great deal to me, and discovering a lot about myself as as an artist, it was like, oh, it was a right. deep, deep, deep release, mm-hmm. and then I felt very, very much part of the community there, and it was a very strong. And very rewarding 15 years of my life. 15 in um, New York, yeah, in the States? Yeah, I was there States. for 15 years. Yeah. Is your husband involved in theatre at all? Is he South African? He's, he's South African. He's a, he's a musician and sound engineer. So he's, he's you know, he's in the, in the world, but not he's yeah. not an actor. Okay. And that's a Look relief. at the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I find it very refreshing. That he's not an actor. No, no. He's very, he's very, he's very grounded. Mm-hmm. So it feels right for me, you know, that, that combination. So. Where are you based here? In We're in Johannesburg. In Johannesburg, yes, okay. yeah, yeah. So you come fleeting down here when you're Yes, asked we to come do quite often here. So. And when you were approached to do lungs, or did you approach mm-hmm. them, how, how does that work? Does Peter Tureen phone you and say, Bianca, are you prepared to direct lungs? Actually, no, it was the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was um, Alan. Alan Committee yes. and Peter, could we do lungs? <laughs> so you knew it and you wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'd had actually had talks. I'd had talks with other production companies at other times pre-COVID. Couldn't happen because of COVID. Uh, then we, I was talk, there was talk we were going to do it at, at the market in Johannesburg, and then we were unable to get the rights because of Claire Foy and Matt Smith, and so it ca- I came around, circled back mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, oh, so okay. it, was, it was just all in the time. So it's really. been in your blood, mm. something to get out, something mm. to, what was the word, midwife, your mm-hmm. midwife thing, to mm. get it out there. Mm. And now here it is. And now here it is. And I'm kind of pinching myself. <laughs> I hope you're not nervous. Don't say that you're No, nervous. no, I'm, I'm not. I'm sure it's going to be no, a huge I'm, success. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. Kate Bush is your next choice. Whenever I hear the name Kate Bush, I think of Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. But you've chosen Army Dreamers. Tell me about what we're going to hear. Um, I think Army Dreamers was the first album that I was introduced to Kate Bush when I was 15 years old. And she kept me. I was just like this. You know, she's she's an she's an 
she's an actor's musician mm. because she's just mm. she's so evocative and she's so she lives in it so passionately and she tells stories you know and this particular piece i would lie awake in my bed and and listen to it on you know i think i actually had a record oh yes good for you so i vinyl re, yeah replay it and replay it because it just was so it was so potent for me and it introduced me to kate bush and then um Hounds of Love is actually one of my favorite albums of all time, which is uh, the one that um, Running Up That Hill is on. And, of course, recently that song has has, has made a, a resurgence from Stranger Things. And it's so uh -huh. interesting because it's like, yeah, we were all we all knew and loved Kate Bush 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> and it's wonderful that she's getting a, another another run around At the earth. Alive, you yes, know, yeah, because she's an extraordinary artist. Mm -hmm. As we'll hear yeah. now. You made me want to listen to Wuthering Heights again. Yes, that's another uh, favourite. <laughs> that was called Army Dreamers, Kate Bush, and a choice of my guest, Bianca Amato. Before we go back to the play that you're directing, Lungs, I just want to ask you, there are so many things here that leap out at me. Private Lives mm -hmm. that you did, um, Noel Coward's wonderful play, The Importance of Being Earnest, which is quite high on my list at the moment because I've just watched that beautiful old film with Dame Edith Evans, yes. The Handbag Line, which I'll play you later. <laughs> <laughs> but these are two peas in a pod almost, mm. private lives. And mm. Did you mm. like that sort of style? And oh, it is so theatrical. It's, it's, it's like getting into a nice warm bath for me. It's home. <laughs> it's total home for me. But don't you have to sing in private lives? 
Uh, there's a, there is a song, yes, which I did sing in my in my untrained voice. Um, and in fact, my partner, James Waterston, who played uh, Elliot, played the piano. And we did, I mean, oh, God, it was a wonderful production. It was directed by Mariah Aiken, who really, really, really knows her coward. Yes. She knows her coward. But that woman who sang with Noel Card, Gertrude, Gertrude mm. Lawrence, was it? Yes. No, yes. she couldn't sing. Yeah. And it's yet about, somehow. It's about the heart. It's and the it's about Exactly. Yeah. And about the, the wit. Yes. Um, it was a it was a really really wonderful experience. We actually we did it in in Boston first, and then uh, it, it we took it to to Washington. They requested it as well. Um, it was a it was a, a hit. It was wonderful. Um, it's a great piece. It's a great Gosh. play, mm. and uh, uh, the fun of it is beyond. <laughs> <laughs> um, the insouciance. Yes, of that's it. what's so lovely about yeah. Coward. Yeah, and uh, in importance of being honest, I did with um, Peter Hall. In fact, so Peter Hall and. Uh, that's Mir- nothing Mir- to be sniffed at. He's no, big no. name. Gosh. Yeah, and so and Miriam Margulies was Miss Prism, and Lynn and Lynn Redgrave was uh, uh, Lady Bracknell, um, and I was uh, Gwendolyn, and James Waterston, who did Private Lives with me, was was Ernest. Um, and no, Jack. Well, yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes. Um, Confusion sorry, it's all reigns. coming back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I know this is definitely that has definitely been my my um, my bent. Is classical theatre and Shakespeare. In fact, James Watson and I did did uh, a little snippet from uh, Much Ado About Nothing in in uh, at the Red Sox Stadium in in Boston once. Um, Where you said there were quite a few people. Seven thousand people <laughs> for a celebration of Shakespeare's birthday. Wow. It was knee knee shaking. But it's been something that I've had to kind of a process that you know being back in South Africa it's not there's not a lot of that kind of work and mm-hmm. that's I've been saying goodbye to that just to some degree I'm I'm starting my own theatre company now the quickening theatre company and I will be definitely investing in doing Shakespeare and classics in a placing them here in our lives now what that is for us uh, I, I really think they are just as important as ever they are um but I'm also exploring other parts of myself now and, and, and really willing to sort of let go of, 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 of just placing myself in that world. Um, I feel really, really like this is a period of, of opening and expansion mm. in terms of what it means. And also you and your husband must have considered that South Africa has its own problems in a very, very big way in yeah. many ways. And the world of theatre and music and ballet suffers sometimes because mm-hmm. of funding. Mm-hmm. So you knew what you were coming mm-hmm. back to. But you seem to me to be remarkably positive. I am. I, I've gone through a range of, of feelings about it. It was fascinating to me that they're having the same struggles that we are having in terms of, of theatre and budgets and, and audiences really, post-COVID. Really. There's a lot of shift. There's a lot of change. It's all Theatre's always dying but it never dies. No, yet somehow. And, and it always, there's always a phoenix rising. There's mm-hmm. always, and that, that, is, that is because of the love, the love, the love. You know, it's yes. got, it's, it's, I'm not worried about theatre. I'm That's not. wonderful to hear. I'm not. I'll never be worried. Well, look about at the theater. sound of music. Exactly. For a month, it played to full houses. Exactly. Here. They had to put on extra shows. Exactly. What does that tell you? And also, P.S. By the way, AI is is a whole new world. Oh dear. But what's what's so marvelous is that theatre is the only thing that's going to be left that's purely live. You know, there's something very, very, very precious about that. That's a very interesting angle. I didn't think of that. It's the last remaining, you know, live performance is the last remaining only human connection. Anyway, I don't want to bring us down. No, listen. (laughs) Although apparently you're playing a fairly melancholy piece now, Adelaide. Edelezi, I think it's called. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Goran Brekovic. So this piece was a, a from the soundtrack of Time of the Gypsies, which is a movie in the in the ni- early nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I remember the movie, but the, it's the piece that really got me, and I um, I loved it for its drama, its build, its uh, its very very um, evocative in a kind of 
heart-wrenching way with this 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 chi- slightly tuneless child child's voice, and then it builds into this. It's they in in the movie itself. They're doing this ritual in the water with candles and and boats, and they're all. It's it's this wonderful gypsy ritual. And in fact, I remember doing a drama school. I don't know how much time we have to tell the story, but I I used it as a, as a the, the song to choreograph a piece of, of dance where I had my best friend at the time um, use uh, uh, wash herself with a with a bucket of water, and and the whole process was washing herself bit by bit, and then when the final crescendo, the climax came, she lifted the bucket and poured the water all over her. But on the day of our performance, our exam, there was a hole in the bucket. <laughs> dear Liza, dear, dear Liza, <laughs> dear Liza. So as she and it was, I knew it was coming because as she, I saw it dribbling out, yes. and I, as she as she came to the moment where she was supposed to be this huge splash, it was like a trickle. A trickle. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, this is this is drama and also history in this piece. It just feels like this Romanian gypsy history. It just really does something for me. Thank you. 
Odelezi, extraordinary piece there, Goran Brekovic, and another choice of my guest, Bianca Amato, who's producing Lungs at the Theatre on the Bay. Now, let me remind you that that opens on the 7th of February, runs till the 24th at the Theatre on the Bay, and there is an age restriction, 13 uh, themes and language anyway, but it sounds completely riveting what you've told us about Lungs. So I wish you well, um, Bianca, because... It's so close to your heart, and I bet you the audience is going to feel that closeness that you're going to bring to the production. Would you agree, giving us a bit of a... Oh, are you allowed to say whether they had a baby or not, or is that a surprise? Uh, yeah, I'll leave that. I'll leave that for them. Okay. For them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think, I think for me, <sighs> I care a great deal about honouring the piece and about telling telling it with exactitude, if that's a word. Exactitude. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of specificity and detail and investigation mm-hmm. and potency. So oh there you have it. Well, I think that, that's, that's what we're working towards. Yes. <laughs> and after this, just briefly. Uh, after this, I go back to Johannesburg. I have a company called Narrate Africa. We uh, uh, record audiobooks for the international market. Um, so that's part of my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm also going back to to our first year of the Quickening, the Quickening Theatre Company and all our plans and this plots. This is your theatre that you've yes, you're sitting yeah, on. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, best of luck. Thank best you. of luck, Bianca. It's Thank been great you. talking to you. Thank and you. we didn't even talk about your 100 audiobooks. That's uh, for next time. <laughs> <laughs> time. Bread and butter. Now, we're we playing out with Nina. Simone feeling good mm-hmm. what is the reason for choosing this um, I've always loved this song it makes me feel alive and it it, it, it makes me feel uh, uh, galvanized and um, she is the most extraordinary woman and the most extraordinary artist and she gets to feel good in this piece and that for me is such a joy you, at the end of the piece when she just riffs at the <laughs> end it's it's so ecstatic so whenever I need a lift this is this it. This is it. Thank you, Bianca Amato. Pleasure. Thank you. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel. River running free, you know how I feel Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life For me, and I'm feeling good Dragon fly out in the sun, you know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean? Sleep in peace when day is done, that's what I mean. And this old world is a new world and a bold world for me. shine, you know how I feel, scent of the pine, you know how I feel, oh, freedom is mine, and I know how I feel, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. Music